1: Hello everyone, welcome to the September 30th NFL week four episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. Unfortunately, no victory song this week. Now we did have a winning week 9 and 7 plus 1.75 units, but I have decided that in order for me to deserve the victory song, we gotta hit at least double-digit wins. It was on pace two. All I had to do was hit either Sunday night football game or Monday night football game, and I lost both. But still. You're not going to find me complaining about a 9-7 and seven week plus 1.75 units, which brings the road to 272 record to 33-15 for plus 16.63 units. Still a very, very strong start. Very excited with that. I'm going to take any profitable week that we have, especially now that I have this little buffer zone. Each week that I'm not losing units, I am a happy man. But unfortunately, I did decide for us to play the victory song. We we, we got to hit double-digit wins. It, it It wouldn't feel quite right only winning 1.75 units and jammed out to the victory song. So no victory song this week, but it was another victory. It was another winning week, three weeks, three winning weeks. We're off to a hot, hot, hot start. Let's keep it rolling. Uh, Before I kind of get review uh, last week's picks, though, because there are a few that I want to talk about, I went to the Falcons and Giants game live this week in New Jersey. My first Falcons game I've ever seen live. I'm sure some of you saw the picture of me at the game afterwards. I was just cheesing, just standing there, laughing, big smile on my face as the Giants fans left, dejected. I never thought it'd be that quiet in a stadium with that many people in it. Um, I will admit, though, number one, it wasn't a great game. 17-14, both offenses looked bad. And number two, to be honest, the Falcons didn't really deserve deserve to win that game. Um, I'm sure probably none of you sat down and watched that game from start to finish but falcons offense looked bad and they benefited from a ton of extremely timely penalties um including penalties on the uh on the on their game tying touchdown drive in the fourth quarter as well so falcons probably didn't deserve to win that game i think giants oh gained them by about 50 yards on offense but i will take the win I had a very large bet on their money line. Very, very happy that one. And I mean, first Falcons game ever What? I I can't complain about a fourth quarter comeback that resulted in a game-winning field goal. And I was right behind uh, the uprights where the game-winning field goal went in. I started the game watching it up in the 300 section. But uh, actually, a girl I went on a date with, funny enough, the week before, texted me uh, while I was there saying she had a free seat and she was sitting down in the uh the lower bowl the 100s, right behind one of the end zones went down there at halftime and it ended up being right behind uh it was it, right behind the end zone where the game tying touchdown by the falcons was scored and then the game winning field goal uh by the falcons uh was scored it was like as if it was meant to be what a game for my first falcons game ever saw them get their first win in the season cashed a big money line bet Giants fans were leaving before the game-winning field goal was even kicked, which I thought was insane. At the time, when Giants fans were getting up and leaving the stadium, it would have been a 45-yard field goal. It still ended up being a 40-yard field goal, I think, but like, you're that confident that he's going to make that long of a field goal? It was insane. Great experience. I love live sports. Very excited to keep watching live sports now that I'm in New York. Something that I did not get at all in Nova Scotia. If we wanted to go watch live sports watch junior hockey, it was the best we could watch. So very excited to watch professional live sports. I hope that it turns out the Yankees and Blue Jays play in the wildcard game and it's in New York. I didn't try to go, but now that I think about it, tickets are probably going to be super expensive for that. But yeah, we'll see. Um, at least hockey season, NBA season is going to start soon. Definitely going to go to some Brooklyn Nets games. Got to go check out MSG. Going to go to some Islanders games. It's going to be a good time. But let's talk about last week's bets. Like I said, 9-7, and seven, plus 1.75 units. To be honest, out of my losses, I think there's really two that I actually really regret. Um, and I tweeted this out. I got, a, I got a little cute with some of my bets last week. Houston plus 7.5. Regret that bet. Uh, Davis Mills let me down more in Houston a little bit, and then San Francisco I got a little cute with that. Why? How? Why did I bet against San Francisco as a three and a half point favor against Aaron Rodgers? Those two bets I, I I I regret, but the other ones I mean not really. Buffalo snapped their offense snapped, so the under didn't hit there. Pittsburgh, very I mean, <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger is a cartoon character at this point. Jets couldn't cover a ten and a half point spread. Uh, Seahawks didn't win, lost to the I think they are up at halftime, too. Uh, couldn't beat the Vikings. Uh, Philadelphia, plus four. still think that was the right bet. I wish the Eagles would have fucking ran the ball more. That would have been nice. Uh, but that Cowboys team is even better than I thought. Their offense is explosive. Nine and seven, though, plus 1.75 units. I've hit my money line underdog of the week all three weeks, and I've got... um. Well, I guess the Rams are kind of a money line underdog too, plus 105. I have like three or four of them this week. I actually have no totals this week. I don't know how I feel about that, but I kind of like this. I like the spread in, in every single game. So zero totals bets this week. I think this is the first time I've done this in this whole series, even last year. We're going to see how this goes. But I like, I love the board this week. Love the board this week, which probably tells you... You should immediately fade me this week. I've been as hot as I am. I'm 33 and 15. I'm going into week four absolutely in love with the board. I'm not telling you to fade me. You should probably fade me, though. (laughs) We'll see how it goes, though. Let's get into it. This is the NFL week four September 30th episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. Let's go. More bacon than the pan can handle. 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 Utility man. Alright, here we go. Let's get into them. By the way, I'm recording this late. It's midnight already. I usually I have done recording by like 10, 10.30. But I made the mistake uh, after work of having a nap. And I fell asleep for two hours. So now it's 12 o'clock by the time I'm finally recording this. And I doubt I'm going to be able to get any sleep tonight. So, rookie mistake on my part. But here we go. It's midnight. Let's get into my NFL Week 4 picks. And we're going to start with the Thursday night game. I'm going to take the Jacksonville Jaguars plus 8, minus 115 against the Bengals. I'm seeing plus 7.5. So a lot of places out there. But my book has it at plus 8. If you want to know where I'm placing these bets, send me a DM and I will let you know. Um, Hashtag no free ads uh Jaguars though listen 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 I know the Bengals are 2-1 and one. they've looked impressive I know the Jaguars are 0-3 oh and, and they've looked like trash but I don't think there's a scenario out there where I can bet on the 2021 Cincinnati Bengals as favorites of over a touchdown against another NFL team I don't know if I can do it now you're probably experiencing some déjà vu, and this is because this is the exact statement I made with the Panthers and Texans last week, and then that, uh, and then I ended up being dead wrong. The Panthers won by a million, so could be wrong here. But eight points on the Bengals, one of the worst teams in the NFL last year. I know they're two and one right now, but let's not overreact to those first few games, folks. The Bengals are averaging 5.3 yards per play, 19th in the NFL, below average. Jaguars are 5.1, which is 24th, but still 5.3 to 5.1. Their offense is right behind the Bengals, really not that big of a difference. And I was encouraged last week by Urban Meyer. He finally gave in and started to run the ball more. 43.94% of their play calls last week were runs, which was 20% more than their week one game and around 10% more than their week two uh, game So finally, the Jaguars are starting to run the ball. And if they have to have any success, they, that's what they have to do. They're beating the Cardinals, what, late in the third quarter last week? And then it fell apart on them. Finally, Urban Urban Myers not forcing Trevor Lawrence to throw the ball a million times. That's only going to work in their favor against this Cincinnati team. I know it's a smelly bet. I know it sucks. I know I just talked about how I was trying to get too cute with a few bets last week. And this is pretty much me trying to get too cute again. But I I can't lay eight points on the Bengals. This game sucks, by the way. Gimme Jaguars plus eight minus one fifteen, and I'm sure I'm gonna regret this halfway through the second quarter, but that's what my bet is. Moving on to Sunday's games, the first Moneyline Underdog bet of the week, and like I said, I think I have like three this week. Colts plus one fifteen against the Dolphins. I'll admit it, hand up, I've looked at this game every single which way. I've looked at every stat, a couple trends. I test these two teams, I can't find an angle. Both offenses are terrible, 25th and 31st in yards per play. Defenses haven't been much better. Miami's defense has been average, but Colts' defense has been terrible. The Colts have had a tougher schedule though, so you got to weigh that in. I mean, I've said it before. If I find a game where I truly think it's a coin flip and I can't decide, I'm just going to go ahead and back the underdog in the money line. It worked out for me in week 2 in the Cowboys Chargers games. I'll do it again. I'm sorry. I know you listen to this podcast for information, for betting information, for betting angles, to help you out with your bets. It sounds like a copo, but I've looked at this game from every angle statistically. I can't find an angle. There's nothing significant there. I did think about the under, but then the Colts have been like 29th in all defensive statistics, so it's like, can I bet on an under 42 with this bad of a defense? I, this this game is this game is the biggest question mark of the week. My least confident bet, but like I said, if I find games where I can't find an angle, I'm just gonna back the underdog on the money line. Colts plus 115. As the garbage truck in New York City drives past my window outside. Uh, Bills against Texans. I actually tweeted this out when the line was first released because it was originally at 17 17 and a half. I said on Twitter that I would have no other option but to back the Texans based on principle and that no team should be favored by this many points in an NFL game I've gone back on that though I'm taking the bills minus 16 minus 110 Texans offense had absolutely no bite With Davis Mills under center last Thursday. Huge disappointment. And the Bills defense has been one of the best in the NFL so far. I think we're about to see a Bills run that's going to make us forget about their week one loss to the Steelers. Bills, third in opponent yards per play at 4.3. Texans offense, 23rd at 5.2. But they were the third worst offense in week three with Mills at quarterback. They only averaged 3.9 yards per play. The Jets and the Bears were the only teams that were worse in Week 3 in terms of offense. And then you look at the Texans' defense. Gave up 8.5 yards per pass attempt against Sam Darnold and the Panthers. I gotta assume Josh Allen's gonna torch them. They may only need to score like 24 points to cover the spread. Like, truly, that's how bad this Texans team is without Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod, Tyrod, and there goes the garbage truck again. If Tyrod Taylor was their quarterback, I'd be all over the Texans in this spot. He impressed me more than probably anyone in the NFL through the first week and a half. But he's not their quarterback right now. Davis Mills is. And he, I banked on him last Thursday and he was unimpressive. Can't stand betting on the Texans two weeks in a row with Davis Mills as their quarterback. I hate it because this number is so huge and no team in the NFL should be this big of a favorite. But give me the bills, minus 16, minus 110. Speaking of bets I hate and betting on bad teams jets plus seven minus 110 against the titans and i hate to say it, but this is one of my favorite bets of the week i know it shouldn't be it sucks it stinks it's stupid you probably shouldn't tell me on this one but i'm just gonna do it so hear me out the jets run defense their run defense which is what's important when you're playing the titans and derrick henry it's actually not that bad They rank 11th in opponent yards per carry at 3.8, and they held the Patriots to a measly 3.1 yards per carry in their only home game of the season. They now return home for their second home game of the season. Now, has Zach Wilson been terrible? Yes. Is it hard to justify betting on Zach Wilson in this Jets offense? Yes, but he's played three of the best defenses in the league through the first three weeks, and opponent yards per play, the Panthers ranked first, the Broncos ranked second, the Patri- Patriots ranked sixth. Those are the three defenses that this Jets offense has played against. Now, that brings up the question, though. I mean, what what came first, the chicken or the egg? Do these defenses rank high because they face Zach Wilson? Or was Zach Wilson bad because he played defenses that rank this high? Hard to kind of tell for sure. But it's very important to note, and it's also even more important to note that the Titans are 26th in opponent yards per play, 25th in opponent passing yards per attempt, and dead last in takeaways per game. If there's a defense that Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson and the Jets offense can bounce back against, it's the Titans' defense. Jets are getting a touchdown at home. It sucks. It stinks. But sports betting is not as easy as betting on good teams and betting against bad teams Give me the Jets plus 7, minus 110, and it's one of my favorite bets of the week, while also being one of my least favorite bets of the week. Speaking of my favorite bet of the week, this is actually my favorite bet of the week, and you know it's an ugly betting week when I'm backing both New York teams in the same week. Give me the Giants and the points against the Saints. Giants plus 7.5, minus 110. It is important not to listen to narratives and actually look at the stats before placing your bets. And I'll explain why right now because this game is a perfect example of it. And I know I trashed the Jets or the Giants earlier when I was talking about the game against the Falcons last week. But listen to this the Giants' offense, which is supposedly a laughing stock of the NFL, they rank 17th in the NFL in yards per play at 5.6. I'll admit, not good, but average, but 17th. Meanwhile, the Saints offense, 29th in the NFL in in yards per play, only averaging 4.3. That's right, the New Orleans Saints have the fourth worst offense in the NFL in yards per play through the first three weeks. Worse than the Steelers, worse than the Patriots, worse than the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Atlanta Falcons. The only teams that are worse in this stat are the Jets, Dolphins, and Bears. So, while the Saints are 2-1-1 with wins over the Packers and Patriots... These are the things that aren't talked about. Now, you don't see people talking about how bad the Saints' offense is, but they haven't been moving the ball well. 29th in yards per play, 4.3. It's right in front of her face. Saints' defense, though, still very good. That's why they're still winning game, games. Eighth in opponent yards per play. Giants, 19th. So defensive advantage still obviously goes to the Saints, but still. I think 7.5 points is too much for one of the worst offenses in football right now in the Saints. This is a big-time sell-high and buy low spot for these two teams, selling the Saints, buying the Giants. Give me the Giants plus seven and a half. And this is my single best bet of the weekend. Giants plus seven and a half. Then we're gonna move on to my Falcons. I've said my piece about the Falcons earlier. I the other thing I'll actually add is that I've been the biggest Matt Ryan defender for the past two years while well, everyone's been killing them. That game outside of the fourth quarter in that comeback, which was classic Matty Ice. I I might be owed on Matt Ryan. He wasn't confident in his throws. It was like as if he was throwing to his checkdowns. Like he was, he was going through his reads and going to his checkdown too quickly. I don't know if it's like he doesn't have faith in his offensive line, but he was looking off his first read too quick. There were times where I thought the old Matt Ryan would have set his feet and taken a shot downfield. I saw Kyle Pitts was open downfield a lot. But, like, Matt Ryan would look at the, his first option for, like, a split second and then immediately go to his check down. I actually saw the stat, and I wish I had it above me, but the average depth of pass, Falcons are dead last in the NFL. These are the kind of things that I've learned you don't... Well, I did already know this already, but not necessarily with the NFL. These are the kind of things you only see when you go to the game live, because when you're watching it, a game on tv and they have that side angle you can't see things downfield i hate that side angle i wish they did the angle behind the quarterback no team watches film using the side angle it's a terrible angle i don't know why they do it for tv teams watch angles from behind the quarterback that's the best camera angle because you can see think what's going on downfield you can see the routes you can see the the protection better you can see the coverage better and matt ryan was looking off his first read way too quickly and he was just going check down check down check down now late in the game in the fourth quarter he was forced to look at these guys downfield and then he went like 11 for 12 and then you know led them to 10 points in the win I don't like I said I don't know if it's his he has no faith in his offensive line he feels like he needs to get the ball out quickly feels like he can't set his feet for a deep throw but I'm starting to lose faith in Matt Ryan right now I'm going to back Washington, minus 1.5, half, minus one twelve. I know the Washington defense has been one of the biggest disappointments of the season, but this is the perfect bounce-back spot for their defensive line. Chase Young against this Falcons offensive line is going to give me nightmares all week. He should eat this offensive lineup. Chase Young is going to get like five sacks this week. Washington minus... 1.5, One and a half minus one twelve. We lost value when they're at plus one, but like an honorable man, I don't lock in my bets until Wednesday night when I record the podcast. If I, if profit was my only thing, I because there's like four games this week that I lost CLV closing line value because I wait to lock them in on Wednesday. But if nothing else, I'm an honest and honorable man. I would not come on this podcast and give you guys lines that were stale from two days ago. Credit to me for that. Washington minus one minus one and a half. Eagles Chiefs. Eagles plus seven and a half minus 130 is what I got out of that in my book, which is ugly juice. But I did get the hook where at other books I just saw it at seven. I didn't buy the point though, this is just what the line was set out of that in my book. I mean, if, they, if I'm obligated to continue betting against the Chiefs, if the lines are going to continuously be set at a touchdown, one 12 and one against the spread in their last 14 games, dead last and the National Football League and opponent yards per play at 7.0, 30th and opponent yards per carry at 5.4. I can only pray to the football gods that Nick Sirianni will decide to r- finally run the fucking football, and I'll never understand why he refused to do it against the Cowboys last week. The Eagles are second and yards per carry at 5.4. The Chiefs can't stop the run. Please, please run the ball against the Chiefs. Please. Until the Chiefs prove they can stop anyone, I will continue to bet against them if the spread continues to be this big. I refuse to be seduced by Patrick Mahomes and their offense. Give me the Eagles plus 7.5. Please run the ball, Nick Sirianni. Run the fucking ball, please. Then we got Cowboys-Panthers. Cowboys minus 5, minus 103 versus Panthers. That's what I'm taking. I tweeted this out last week. But the Panthers are officially going to be the team this year that I refuse to bet on. I refuse to admit that they're good. I will continue to bet on them, and I will probably continue to lose. If You guys remember last year, the Dolphins were that team. I kept betting against them. They ended up being the best team against the spread last year. This year, I can tell already that team's going to be the Panthers. I refuse to believe that Sam Darnold is a good quarterback. I refuse to believe... That the Panthers defense is the number one defense in the league, which is which it is right now. If you look at the stats, but now is their chance to prove it. Prove it to me, Panthers, because you're going up. You're hitting the road. You're taking on an explosive Cowboys offense. I could. I mean, I I could end up being dead wrong. I probably will be, but I just don't know what a Panthers offense without Christian McCaffrey can do to keep up with this Cowboys offense. Once again, I'll probably go to the grave with this take. But give me the Cowboys, minus 5, minus 103 against the Panthers. Then we are moving on to the Browns. I'm taking Browns, minus 2, minus 111 against the Vikings. Browns, they're my Super Bowl bet. I love them this year. They're leading the NFL in net yards per play, which is yards per play minus opponent yards per play. They 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 are fan, they are they have looked fantastic. No one has really been giving them the credit that they deserve so far. Now they're taking on a Vikings defense that ranks 31st in the NFL in opponent yards per play at 6.8. Chiefs have been the worst defense. Second worst defense has been the Vikings. Also 28th in opponent yards per carry at 4.8. Brown should be able to run the ball down their throat. And then the Browns defense ranks 5th in opponent yards per play at 4.6. And 4th in opponent yards per carry at just 3.1. They look fantastic. Last week against the Bears. Bad matchup here for the Vikings. Fantastic matchup here for the Browns. Already explained the defensive advantage. But then the Browns also have the offensive advantage. 7th in yards per play at 6.4. Vikings are 10th at 6.1. Love the Browns this season. People still aren't talking about them. Despite statistically being the best team in the league so far. Still love them as my Super Bowl bet. And I loved them to win this game as well. Glad this line is under the magic number of 3. Give me Browns minus 2. Now we have another money line underdog pick. Lions plus 125 against the Bears. 52.70% of the offensive yards gained by the Bears have come on the ground, which is the highest mark in the NFL. But that's exactly where the Lions' strength lies in their defense. I took the under last week in the Lions-Ravens game, and the reason why is because the Lions do... A very good job actually stopping the run believe it or not and then they shut down the Ravens rushing attack in in, in in that week three game they did the same to the Packers in week two they shut them down and now they're facing a Bears team who no team in the NFL including the Ravens no team in the NFL gets more of their offensive yards from the ground and that's gonna fit right into the Lions defensive strengths and the way to the way to beat the Lions is through the air they're giving up 9.6 yards per pass attempt, which is last in the NFL. But then again, the Chicago um, Chicago Bears have the worst passing attack in the NFL, averaging a measly 90.7 passing yards per game. Who knows who's going to play quarterback for them this week? I bet you it's going to be Nick Foles because Matt Nagy's ego is so big he refuses to admit any fault for how bad the Bears have looked. So if he goes with Nick Foles, he can say, well, it was Justin Fields' fault. Oh, it was Andy Dalton's fault. Nick Foles will then look back. Look bad, and then he'll go back to Andy Dalton and say, "Oh, is the fact Andy Dalton was hurt, and that's why we were so bad." Matt Nagy will continue to push the blame, and he'll do that this week by probably starting Nick Foles. It wouldn't shock me. Bears are in tor- turmoil. Matt Nagy is a fucking moron of morons. Give me the lines on the money line to get their first win of the season this week. Cardinals, Rams. This is another one I lost. C L V. When they, these line, when this line was released, even. As of Tuesday, it was still at six. It's down all the way to four and a half. I liked it a lot more at six. I guess I'll take it at four and a half. Give me Cardinals plus four and a half, minus one thirteen against the Rams. So hear me out on this one. I was actually on the Rams last week against the Bucks. It's one of my favorite bets of the week there. I was very glad that hit. And the Rams have dominated the Cardinals in recent history. They have won their last eight straight games against them. They have covered the spread in seven of those eight games against the Cardinals, but I'm fading that trend. This weekend, both teams get the majority of their yards through the air. The two teams rank 4th and 6th in passing yards percentage, meaning 78.44% of the Rams' offensive yards gained are through the air, and the Cardinals are right behind them in that stat at 74.56%. So, while you may think the Rams have the better defense, that's probably what you assume, that hasn't been the case this season when it comes to defending the pass. The Cardinals rank 9th, an opponent yards per pass attempt at 5.9. The Rams ranked 12th at 6.4. So when it comes to pass defense, the Cardinals have actually been better. Now the way to beat the Cardinals this season has actually been running the football against them. That's uh, the Jaguars had success with that last week. Uh, the Vikings had success with that the week before. But the Rams aren't a strong running team, especially with their backfield being as banged up as it is. I think this game is going to be a close one. I will take the Cardinals in the points here, plus 4.5 minus... 113 then we have another money line underdog pick getting aggressive with these underdogs give me the seahawks plus 129 against the 49ers despite their one and two record it is the seattle seahawks who have actually been the best offense in football right now they are first in yards per play at 7.4 they're averaging 0.6 more yards per play than the next best offense offense which is the cardinals at 6.8 Meanwhile, the 49ers 14th in yards per play at 5.7 and I'm starting to lose faith in their offense. I'm starting to think the 49ers are overrated. How about that? I don't know if they can be a great offense without a strong quarterback and Jimmy G has looked rough. Then there's the 49ers defense, which was supposed to be one of the best in the NFL this season and their defense is 15th in opponent yards per play at 5.7. What happened to the 49ers defense? They are by definition, statistically, a very average football team. And now they're favored against the team that has the best offense in football so far. At least when it comes to yards. I'm going to back that fantastic, explosive, beautiful offense in the Seahawks. Give me Seattle, plus 129 on the money line in San Francisco. We have Ravens, Broncos, and it's a pick 'em. And I'm going to take the Ravens minus 110. Now, I'm going to throw, I'm going to do a rare thing where I'm just going to throw all the stats out the window and base this bet off of strength of schedule. The Broncos, Broncos are 3-0 straight up, 3-0 against the spread. And all of their statistics look awesome. If you look at the statistics, the Broncos would be the obvious bet. But you have to take into consideration strength of schedule, especially when it's a small sample size, especially when your three opponents are that have been the G- Giants, Jaguars, and jets who might be the worst th- three worst teams in football i didn't realize before the season how much of a cupcake schedule the broncos had to start out giants if you re- if you were to name the three worst teams in football right now you'd probably say the giants jaguars and jets i would too now i'm realizing as i'm saying this i'm betting on all three of those teams this week so maybe that's not a good strategy regardless the broncos have played three terrible terrible terrible, terrible teams this season. The Ravens have played, meanwhile, an underrated Raiders team. They've beat the Chiefs, and then they played a scrappy Detroit team last week. If you look at the numbers, Broncos are the obvious bet. Got to look at schedule, the uh, schedule though. Throwing the stats out the window. Just give me the Ravens minus one ten. Come on, they're the, they're the more talented team. I don't think you can deny that, can you? We'll see what happens. I'll take. It might be a trap. It seems like a trap. I don't care. Just give me Ravens minus one ten as a pick'em. Speaking of traps, I think this is one of the more public bets of the week. Packers minus 7. I got it a plus 105 against the Steelers. Going to take them though. I'm taking, I'm taking the Packers because my preseason prediction about Big Ben and the Steelers couldn't have been more accurate. Go back and listen to my preseason podcast about the Steelers. I nailed this team. I still bet on them last week. I lost. Fuck me. But I'm not going to make that same mistake again. Big Ben looks terrible out there. <laughs> it's back. I saw a clip on Twitter, someone like put Big Ben highlights or lowlights, I guess, from the game. They added like the like the grainy film look and made it look like it was like 1930s NFL, which is what he looks like scrambling around back there. It's gross. And then what happened to their defense? Much like the 49ers defense, Steelers are supposed to be the best defense in, uh, in the NFL. They're 17th in opponent yards per play. The Bengals got 6.4 yards per play against them. They're 22nd in opponent yards per pass attempt. Apparently without T.J. Watt, this defense stinks. I can't find a single reason to justify Steelers in this situation. Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. I'll back the Packers in this one. Then we got Sunday Night Football, Buccaneers-Patriots. Now before I get into the pick, that mashup of Tom Brady and uh, Bill Belichick montage played to the Adele song, that is one of the most unintentionally hilarious things i've ever watched i tweeted out the clip and i had a couple guys most people agreed with me that it was funny but i had a couple guys they were like oh well that brings a tear to my eye or oh I, I don't see how that's funny guys bill belichick and tom brady weren't married and then went through a messy divorce <laughs> they were employed by the same football team <laughs> let's take a step back here with the uh, with the sad adele breakup music here uh, <laughs> heading into this game they're two both grown adults neither of them died <laughs> Tom Brady just plays for a different fucking football team right now. Chill out. Oh, that montage! I laughed out loud when they played that. I'm fine with montages. The Adele breakup music's a little much. <laughs> it's a little much. Um, with that being <laughs> hello from the other side. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, I'm taking the Bucks though. I'm taking- <laughs> I can't fucking believe it. I'm taking the Bucks minus 7, minus 106 in this one. Listen, the Rams exposed how to beat the Bucks last week. You have to blow the top off their defense. Their secondary is the weak point of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You can take the top off the defense with deep shots, but that's not in the Patriots' arsenal whatsoever. I I can't imagine Mac Jones is going to go there tossing 40-yard bombs. At least there's been no indication through the first three weeks that he has that ability in this offense, whether it's the game plan, whether it's his inability, whether it's the ability of any deep threat receivers. I can't see it. Bill Belichick is still one of the greatest coaches of all time, as much as it pains me to say that, as a Patriots hater. But even he needs skill and talent on his roster to do anything with it, and they just don't have that. I truly can't see this offense keeping pace with the Buccaneers offense. They are 27th in yards per play at 4.8. And now they face one of the better defenses in the NFL and the Bucs. Specifically one of the best run defenses in the NFL. So they're not going to be able to establish any rhythm on the ground. I don't see Mac Jones taking the top off this defense. Is it's an extremely public play. But sometimes the public play is the right play. Sharps aren't right every single time. Give me the Bucks minus seven, minus one oh six. Then we got Monday Night Football. And this is one of those games where at first glance I was all over the Chargers, but after looking at the stats, I will back the Raiders and the points. So I got Raiders plus 3.5, minus 125 in this one. Net yards per play, let's look at that. So I brought that up earlier, I use the stat all the time last year. You take yards per play on offense, subtract opponent yards per play on defense, and there you have net yards per play. I think it's a pretty good indication for handicapping of just how good an overall team is. Raiders are plus 0.9 in net yards per play. Chargers, surprisingly, are minus 0.08. Their stats don't necessarily back up the record right now, especially with them just beating the Chiefs. It's a kind of a sell-high a sell spot. But they're 24th in opponent yards per play. Their defense has not been great. Now, to be fair, I will be fair, Chiefs and they have played against the Chiefs and the Cowboys, two of the best offenses in the NFL. But the Raiders have been a great offense as well. I think this game is going to be very close. If it is less than three points, then I might back the Chargers. But with it being over that magic number of three, I'll take the Raiders plus three and a half, minus 125 in that one. So there you have it. Those are my 16 picks for NFL week four. The road 272 bets continues. I will quickly recap them, and then I will give you my best five bets. And then we'll get out of here. We'll get on with our day. Jaguars plus eight, minus 115 against the Bengals Colts plus 115 against the Dolphins on the money line bills minus 16 minus 110 against the Texans Jets plus seven minus 110 against the Titans Giants plus seven and a half minus 110 against the Saints and one more time friends the garbage truck in New York City drives by outside my window wash uh, wash <laughs> I love New York Washington minus one and a half minus 112 against the Falcons Eagles plus seven and a half minus 130 against the Chiefs Cowboys minus five minus 103 against the Panthers Browns minus two- Minus 111 against the Vikings. Lions plus 125 on the money line against the Bears. Cardinals plus 4.5. Minus 113 against the Rams. Seahawks plus 129 on the money line against the 49ers. Ravens minus 110 against the Broncos. Packers minus one minus 7 plus 105 against the Steelers. Great juice on that. Buccaneers minus 7 minus 106 against the Patriots. Raiders plus 3.5 minus 125 against the Chargers. There are the 16 bets. My five best bets, even though I have to reiterate this every single week. Last year. I recorded my total record for all what was last year, what, 256 bets. And I also recorded my total in my five best bets every week. My total record was actually slightly better than my best bet. So even though these are my best bets, doesn't necessarily mean they have a better chance of winning. But with that being said, you guys don't like betting all 16 games. I understand that. So you want my five best bets, anyways. Here they are for this week Giants plus seven and a half. Love. Love, love the Giants plus seven and a half this week. That's definitely my number one pick. And then Seahawks plus 129. Ravens minus 110. Or sorry. Was that minus one? Yeah, it was minus 110. Bucks minus seven. And Jets plus seven. Yeah, Jets plus seven. One of my favorite bets of the week. I hate it. Giants, Seahawks, Ravens, Bucks, Jets. No totals this week. Let's see how that's going to go. Because I was actually slightly better with totals last year than I was with spreads. But some underdog uh money lines there let's hope I, we, I can get a couple of those to cash that's it friends um I apologize for saying uh that Europe was going to win the Ryder Cup that was bad but I gave out John Rahm plus 350 as the top uh as the top uh Europe points score so cash that bet that makes up for it doesn't it <laughs> who team USA just That was one of the most squarest betting events I've ever seen in my life. Like, the favorite in almost every single matchup won. It was nuts. Uh, But, yeah, I had a hand up. I screwed up. America crushed them. The obvious obvious result was was the right result, which sometimes in sports betting, that's the way it is. But there you have it, friends. This has been the NFL Week 4, September 30th episode of the Bacon Bets Podcast. The road to 272 bets continues. I'll talk to you next Mm -hmm. week.